glad that you've joined us, you and your families, and those of you who are online, welcome and Merry Christmas to you. Um, I am impressed by your uh, desire to come and weather the, uh, the difficult storm, the, the, the cold weather, and, and uh, yet you come to church to gather together as a church family, and uh, I am so thankful for all of you. Uh, last week, we looked at uh, Isaiah chapter 7. And, and I had described uh, how Christmas is for crisis. And Christmas is an invitation for Christ to meet us in crisis. And I talked about my crisis. And I want you to know how thankful I am. The uh, overwhelming sense of love and support and prayers that we heard from you and received from you, I'm so thankful uh, for our church family. Um, our house right now is a little bit chaotic um, I don't know if you have a similar experience. Uh, I am surprised by the extent that our family, I've been a dad now for over 30 years, and when they were little, it was very easy to have Christmas and tell them when they were going to show up and where they were going to show up. Uh, now, my kids have had kids, and uh, they're, now it's the, the, the horde is bigger, and moving and selling, like coming to Illinois from Florida, with all of the gear, is really quite impressive. I don't remember moving with that much gear when I had little kids. But there is gear spread out around my house, and there are kids, there are kid noises and smells, and there is uh, burping going on, and, and it's just kind of mayhem. But what I'm so overwhelmed with joy about is, do you know what cost my children to come up here and celebrate Christmas together? It costs them financially, it costs them in time, it costs them comforts, it costs them all living with one bathroom, because Jeannie and I get a bathroom and they've got to share the other one. So there's just piles of people around my house right now, and then the kids that are here are coming and just joining in every chance they get to be part of this Christmas celebration, and this has been going on for some time. So last week we looked at the Christmas crisis, the crisis that can happen for us and how Christmas is for that crisis in Isaiah 7. Today I want to look at just one verse, Isaiah 7, 14, and this invitation that God wants to be with us. God wants to be with us. He wants to be with you. And we see it clearly in Christmas. That's the story in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And the, the angel quoted this verse when he was talking to, uh, when, he was, when he was preparing those parents for the birth of Jesus. And quoting that verse in Matthew 123, he adds to the end of it, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. This is the joy of Christmas. This is, I mean, I'm going to leave here tonight and we are going to be surrounded by family. We're going to be surrounded by presence and joy and, and sharing life and passing around babies and doing whatever it takes to just have a blast together as a family. We're going to eat and we're going to open up these gifts that people have 
worked hard to prepare with love for each other. It's a very cool experience. I, I love it. And, and as I think about the, the cost and the investment that people make to want to be together, and I compare that to the cost and the investment that Jesus made to be with us, I'm surprised. I'm excited. And we have to ask some questions. Maybe, maybe you're wondering, does Jesus really want to be with you? Let's ask that as the first question. Does Jesus really want to be with you? Maybe you, like me, have not had a perfect life. Maybe you've struggled with sin. Maybe you've had failures. Maybe there are things in your life that you'd really rather Jesus didn't see. Maybe there are things in your home or things in your story that are less than admirable. And you would rather keep Jesus at a distance. Does Jesus really want to be with you? Is that the truth? It is surprising that this story would go so far that Jesus would choose to be with us. By the time that Isaiah 7.14 is written and Jesus is it's now being declared the promise that a Messiah is going to come and His name is going to be Emmanuel, which means God with you. At this point, there have been centuries of failure. There have been centuries of rejection. In fact, Isaiah is laced with two things that are going on at the same time. A story of these people have rejected me. They don't want me as their God. They don't want me as their king. To, I choose to be with you and come for you. I have a promise for you that is astounding. Right in the middle of your failure. How do I know for sure that the surprise of God wanting to be with you and with me is true? Because God saw the brokenness of people and he chose to come anyway. It's part of the story that he's writing. That in our failure, Jesus came close. It's the surprising of the story that we see in Isaiah. It's the surprising in the story of, of Matthew. God wanting to be written into that story in the first century would mean that he would enter into a family, into poverty, into rejection of people, he would go through the seasons of adolescence and what it means to be a human and struggle. He would know things that, that only humans know, thirst and hunger and loneliness. He would choose to come near to that and experience that because he loves us, because he wants to be with us. The Christmas story is an astounding invitation of will you be with me. God's invitation to you to enter into communion with Him. It's not only surprising because of the story in Isaiah and the story of when Jesus entered into the world in the first century, it's surprising today. I don't know if you're aware of this, but our world is broken. It's struggling. Relationships are falling apart and families are faltering and the divorce rate, just the divorce rate alone from 1950 till now, it's astounding. Google it. The world has changed dramatically. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. Two generations ago, the average kids in the United States knew the stories of the Bible and they knew the story of Jesus and they were comfortable with turning to a church and turning to Jesus as an answer. Today, 
Jesus is seen as the problem. People have moved away from God. What does Christmas mean today? Is God giving up? Is He saying, look at this world, this isn't worth it. No, the reality is the world has been broken from the beginning and God decided to come near. Emmanuel, God with us in the 21st century. God with you in your home. God with you in your story. If you consider what it cost God to be with us, Jesus would know discomfort for the first time. He would know pain for the first time. He would know rejection and temptation, hunger, thirst, exhaustion, the impact of sinful choices and the oppression of sin, even though he himself would not sin. He chose to come near to all of that so he could be near to us. How much does he want to be near to you? Just consider the incarnation. Consider Bethlehem. Consider the birth of Christ. God wants to be with you. God wants to save you. This is surprisingly, surprising because of our tendency to reject him. It might seem a little bit different if we came to God and cried out to him and said, God, would you please save us? Please, 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 would you come and come up with a solution? But the truth is that Jesus came in that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Christ, the story of Christmas, is an invitation to people who don't want it. You maybe came into Christmas this year thinking, I'm fine. I don't need saving. You might have come into Christmas this year saying, what does Jesus add to my story anyway? I'll look for solutions other places. I'll look for answers other places. And yet Jesus has come near to you in Christmas, come near to me to save us to solve the problems that we so desperately are struggling with. It's surprising that God wants to save us because we, are so, we have a tendency to choose other gods. We have a tendency to think that we are gods. We have a tendency to think that money will save our, solve our problems, that family will solve our problems, that hard work will solve our problems. And even for us as Christians, sometimes Jesus is the last person we turn to when we're going through something difficult. Christmas is God inviting us to be saved. If you consider what Jesus endured, it says that in Hebrews 12, 2 through 3, that Jesus did not consider the he, he if you consider that Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame. For what? For us, for you. The Christmas miracle, the Christmas gift is God with you to save you. To solve that problem that is the human condition. In a moment, in a few moments, we will be opening gifts. We'll all be gathered in a circle. There'll be 
gifts handed out. I don't know who will be under the tree handing out the gifts, but somebody will. And everybody will pick every gift. Everyone will be picked. And everyone will be passed out. But year after year after year, Jesus has offered a gift in Christmas of coming near and of saving that people don't open, that people don't choose. And I'm wanting for you to have the, mer- the merriest of Christmases. I want you to know the joy. I don't know if you're in a place where you're going to go home to family or if you're going to go home alone. I don't know if you're in a position of crisis and last week's sermon was much more powerful for you because you are experiencing that crisis. I know for a fact some of you are. But whether you're in crisis or whether you're in a season of ease, whether you're in a season of loneliness or whether your house is full, whether you're experiencing loss or you're experiencing joy, this Christmas I want you to know that there is a gift that is available to you, that is being offered to you, that you only need to accept. And that is to be with Christ and to receive the gift that he came to give us in Christmas. This invitation is surprising because I know who I am. I'm shocked that God would want to save me. I know my propensity to drift, to not be interested, to fall away. And Christmas is a promise that God still wants to be with me. He came so far knowing who we were so that he could redeem a relationship with us. It's also surprising because I have damaged relationships. I've hurt people. I've failed Why would Jesus want to invite you and invite me to be with you, with him? Why would he want that, knowing who humans are? Well, the why is only found in the character of God. Because this is who God is. God is love. And Christmas is about his love expressed to us in the gift of Jesus. Two invitations I'd want you to hear. In Revelation 3.20, there is, Jesus is sending a report card to seven churches, and at this time he gets to Laodicea, and Laodicea is doing the worst of the churches. It thinks it's healthy, but it's actually, it thinks it's rich, and it's failing miserably. And in shocking fashion, right in the middle of this explanation of how they're failing, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he who responds, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. The picture is of Jesus knocking on the door of that struggling church, wanting to be with them. It's shocking. It's not if you're, if you're willing, if you come out and you knock on the door to be with Jesus, Jesus might let you in. It's Jesus coming to your broken house, your bent story, and knocking. The story of Christmas is an invitation to open the door and let Jesus in. The second picture that I want you to see is Jesus being mocked 
in his ministry because he loved sick people. He loved sinful people. They called him tax collectors and sinners. And they derisively called Jesus a friend of sinners. And I am so thankful he's a friend of sinners. And in describing to the religious people who were angry at Jesus for loving sinners, he told three parables in Luke 15. And each of those three parables describes a shepherd, a woman who finds a coin, and a father who finds a son who was lost. And in each case, it's celebration. The picture is of God longing for you to come home and be with him. You see, Emmanuel means God with us, God with you, wanting to be with you. I have had many friends who have told me God wouldn't want to be with me. I've messed up too much. I've sinned too much. I've failed too much. Christmas is God's promise that he is longing to be with us. So what stops you from entering into that relationship with him and welcoming him into your life? This year, um, I think the degree of difficulty to get together as a family went up dramatically. And yet, surprise of surprise, the kids came home. And we're all gathered in a house and Mayhem is going on. If you want to stop by, we wouldn't even notice. Come on in. <laughs> Pick up a kid and help out. But you know what I hear most of all? I hear that my kids love each other and they love me. When I hear the story of Christmas, I hear Jesus loves us and wants to be with us. The extent that he went to be with us in this Christmas story is such that it leaves little doubt about what he wants. He wants to redeem us. He wants to restore us to a right relationship with him. Dear friends, Merry Christmas. May this Christmas be the Christmas that you walk closely with your Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the extent of your love for us is not in question. It's been put on display in the sacrifices of Jesus Christ and the extent that he went to to be with us. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the invitation that even while we were sinning, you died for us so that we could live. I pray that this Christmas we would live the life that we were called to, the life that's walking with Jesus and going through the difficulties of life with you. Thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name, amen.